Hello and welcome to the Lancet Hematology podcast. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. This week I'm joined by Claire V. Lonard, one of the authors of the InWork study. Hello, Claire V. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Nikolai. Nice to be here. InWorks, can you tell our listeners a little about the background to your study? Yes, uh, in fact, uh, more than 25 years ago, a major effort was undertaken to coordinate an international study of nuclear workers at the International Agency for Research on Cancer in Lyon, France. And in fact, this led to a series of important collaborations, the most recent prior study being a 15-country combined analysis. And we refer to that study as the parent study of our current project, InWorks. And while our study of French, UK, and US workers includes a smaller number of countries than the 15 country study, due in large part to limitations on resources available for this project, we have included those countries that provided the most information to the prior studies. And furthermore, each of these were updated, leading us to now report on the most informative studies of nuclear workers that has ever been undertaken. And um, in fact, the question that motivates this research relate to the effects of the kinds of repeated or protracted low-dose radiation exposure that, co- that are common in industrialized countries, mostly due to medical radiation exposure. And for instance, in the U.S., in 20 years, the annual average individual dose of ionizing radiation due to medical practice has been multiplied by six But against the benefits of these practices, it's known that ionizing radiation causes cancer, especially leukemia. Most of this knowledge comes from studies of population exposed to acute doses of ionizing radiation, I mean delivered at high dose rates. As this is the case in the Hiroshima and Nagasaki court of Japanese A-bomb survivors. And this court has allowed bringing out much information on radiation-induced risk of leukemia, especially on quantification of the risk or even modeling of the dose-repense relationship for different subtypes of leukemia. But the pattern of exposure in the Hiroshima and Nagasaki court is not at all typical of exposures received by the public and the workers. So, in fact, studying the radiation-induced risk of leukemia directly among people who are chronically exposed to low doses of, at low-dose rates, it's particularly relevant and necessary to improve the knowledge of health effects of low-dose rate exposures. So that's the background of our study, in fact. Thank you, Clary. Great background there. Could you now tell me briefly about the outline and the aim of your study? Yes, of course. The aim of the analysis reported in this paper was to directly quantify the radiation-related risk of leukemia mortality among people who who were chronically exposed to low doses of radiation at low dose rates. And um, more broadly, the aim of the in-work collaboration is to strengthen the knowledge regarding not just leukemia and lymphoma, but risk of cancer and non-cancer mortality following protracted exposure of low dose rate ionizing radiation. And in fact, thanks to this collaboration between three major studies of nuclear workers that have been followed up on a large variant in the UK, US, and France, we had the opportunity to study these associations using a tremendous amount of data that has been collected in these three countries. 
And what exactly does the study show? In fact, we observed a positive association between cumulative radiation dose and death caused by leukemia among these workers. The association was greatest for chronic myeloid leukemia. We also observed positive but much more imprecise statistical associations between radiation dose and death caused by acute myeloid leukemia, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, Hodgkin's and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and multiple myeloma. The association between radiation dose and leukemia was well described by a simple linear function of dose, and notably, we found that the association remained similar in magnitude and statistically significant, even when we restricted our analysis to the data observed among people whose cumulative doses were less than 300 milligrams. We also looked at the, the impacts on these results for leukemia on, of excluding one country at a time to see whether any country was especially influential on these overall results. And in fact, uh, the result for leukemia proved to be quite stable and didn't change notably upon excluding any one country. Um, we also see that uh, the estimate of the association between radiation and leukemia from our study is similar in size and precision to the estimate of the dose-response association observed among men who had a single acute exposure to radiation from the atomic bombings in Japan in the 40s. And in our study, the doses tended to be, to be much lower than was received by many atomic bomb survivors, and our workers tended to be exposed over long periods of time. My final question, what are the implications of your findings? Uh, our, our study uh, provides strong evidence of a positive association between radiation exposure and leukemia, even for low-dose exposure. And, in fact, this information points out the importance of adherence to the basic principles of radiation protection, that is to optimize protection in order to reduce exposure to as low as reasonable achievable, and in the case of patient exposure, to justify that the radiation exposure does more good than harm. Claire Villorad, thank you for speaking with me on the Lancet Hematology podcast. Thank you to you, Nikolai.